Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. of the year in football it is a special edition of to tell and nuanas from spokane washington the big sky football media days uh yesterday and today here in spokane great to be along with all of you thanks for being with us on the radios on swx montana television i'm sorry you're not seeing our beautiful faces but trust me it's still worth it you just sit there check it out see what's going on in the studio people coming and going i don't know what kind of traffic they got in here and still listen to us you can also uh, check us out on youtube the youtube channel to tell the one is there we are broadcasting live through the kurtz polaris studio kurtz polaris at 2904 west broadway in missoula and highway 83 in sealy they are celebrating their 30th anniversary that's right 30 years they've been in business and they are helping you they're the ones giving you the presents 30 percent off up to 30 percent off msrp on uh, many select parts and accessories with the purchase of a new chris polaris off-road vehicle a husqvarna or beta dirt bike or a crest pontoon boat so get into kurtz check it out kurtz polaris their 30th anniversary sale if you'd like to call we will still take your calls we're happy to talk to you today we got a bunch of stuff to go through with you today but if you want to call 329-1899 the phone number area code 406-329-1899 that phone number all guests join us via the Rangage brothers rv phone line Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. Tons of uh, things going on. Uh, first of all, the uh, uh, Big Sky Media Day is really fun event. We'll go through what all that is. All the coaches, all 13 head coaches, uh, as well as a pair of players from every school present here in Spokane at the Grand Davenport downtown in uh, Spokane, Washington. Got to talk with uh, not all, but almost all. There's a, you know, there's a long line sometimes to get to uh, people, but we got a ton of sound, which we will be bringing you over the next couple of weeks leading up to uh, fall camp from this event. But some great folks to talk to. We'll go through some of that stuff. As I mentioned, the Big Sky preseason football team is uh, uh, has just been announced, so we will go through who's on that team, especially from Montana and Montana State. We also will go through the Big Sky preseason season poll with you as well get to some of that stuff we will touch on nadal v excuse me uh, of course i did it because we were talking about this coulter uh, uh Djokovic v federer in what was maybe the most epic wimbledon final ever certainly one of the most epic wimbledon finals ever uh so we will get to uh some of that stuff as well but a football heavy day because it is our very first of the season i'm very happy about this montana football hour presented by lithia ford uh and so we uh jump right into it coulter how are you man you good you feeling it over there you all right Feeling it, dude. Okay. Doing all right. Yeah. Recovering from my 
procedure. Yeah. You, We're doing all right, though. That's right, Colton. This is your first show back since having uh, had to uh, get in for some oral surgery to start getting your tooth going. I know that thing has been, you know, trying to work through that. Got to take some antibiotics, make sure you don't that's get right. any, you know, The only thing worse than oral surgery is a second oral surgery. <laughs> Indeed. So try, Especially one that comes with a bone graft. Ouch. No kidding. Uh, so, anyway, we'll uh, we'll make sure we, uh, you know, try and keep it keep it on the low. But as I'm doing well, though. I've, I've been having interesting thoughts, though. Uh, just about the evolution of of life and wow. the uh, <laughs> the way like that, why we're able to walk on two feet now. Well, yeah, but also just like the 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 way you feel about certain things at certain times. Mm. And one thing in my life I really tried to do uh, in recent months and years is, it, as our good buddy Colt Anderson from Up Top Clothing would say, enjoy the moment. Yes. And I used to be chopping at the bit, ready for football, and now. Like, this is the kickoff to football. Obviously, it's the Big Sky kickoff. Now football season officially upon us. Two weeks away from the opening of fall camp. And that's cool. It is exciting. But I also want to savor the last couple weeks here. As you get older, you you appreciate how fast this stuff goes even more. And it's just interesting. I used to just be, I mean, I'd already have written 10 football stories by this time of year. And by the time I got to this thing, I'm ready to roll. And yeah. uh, now I'm just trying to. You know, immerse myself into it, but it, it's it's an interesting league because the league has evolved so much, and it's I it's actually come back around full circle. I think, and we're going to get into that, and I think it makes the, the league equal parts uh, intriguing and maybe not as mysterious as it has mm. been in the past because I think that the the powers that were and the powers that be are back on top, and there's a little bit more direct and tangible and defined stratification in the league now well let's let's go through this uh for everybody here uh the we're going to start off with uh with the polls the preseason polls the uh east the coaches poll and the media poll has uh uh that's the first of all we all knew right who the top five teams were going to be right. and there's there's a clear uh kind of stratification uh there although the voting was was relatively close for uh, a couple other teams no northern arizona finished in six idaho state seven uh, and so, you know, they were they were not so it wasn't like a precipitous drop off from a voting standpoint. But the media poll in terms of the top five uh, is the same as the coaches poll one through three. Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Weber State in that order. Eastern Washington, obviously defending, uh, uh, you know, national championship appearance, defending national champion runner up. And. You know, they graduated a bunch of guys at Eastern, but they got a bunch of, they had a huge junior class as well. So they still have like 22 seniors on that team. So a very veteran group, even though there was, you know, a tremendous amount of turnover. And particularly, it's so interesting because if Gage Gubert had played the whole year and say they do, did exactly what they did with Eric Berrier, but no one knew who Eric Berrier was right. or what he was like, I think there'd be huge question marks and people would not be so ready. But now you're like, well, they're set at quarterback, seems like, for the next couple of years. So, you know, pencil them in and again a lot of the preseason stuff seems like it is it's based in history rather than in the future you know what did you do you know before and you made the note right here Coulter. i mean a lot of this reflects you know essentially where these teams finished last season uh the for for montana montana state they both finished four five in the media poll montana state was four with montana five in the coaches poll montana was four with montana state five so those are the uh um you know, the uh, uh, order and, you know, wh whether it matters or not, but the two Montana schools, four and five, I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to go. Um, I think being here has influenced to me a little bit of what I think about this. I know we're going to get into this more, like who's who's real and who isn't real. Um, but to get back to your point about the taking away maybe some of the mystery when you have that stratification, that's true to an extent. I think it would be I think it would be a real bummer if it was two or three teams. The fact that I think it's five teams mm -hmm. makes it really intriguing to me cuz really at the end of the day who do we care when teams are finishing 6th, 7th and 8th? I mean when it's been Montana or Montana State people who follow those teams of sure. course care. Uh, but in terms of the Big Sky Conference, what are we interested in? Who who are going to be the contenders for the conference championship and who's going to be the contenders for uh, the playoffs and it feels like that is a very open question, and it's going to be a lot of fun watching the 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 intersection. And for for as bad as you and me and everybody else thinks the unbalanced schedule is, it does do this. 
it adds a dimension of mystery where you're not going to know certain things. So when teams play each other, you're going to we will make inferences based on performance. We're not even just wins and loss, but how the game went, how the win, and because okay, well. You know, Team A isn't going to play Team B, but they played Team C, and then C and B will play each other, and how is that going to go? And so that adds sort of an element of it all, and that is, especially in these top five teams, we were looking earlier today, well, who's playing who in the top five? Mm -hmm. Which teams, you know, got to go? So that is, you know, an aspect of this that we will get through as we go, but when you looked at this preseason poll, one through five, exactly what we expected, did anything surprise you about the order? Well, I think the order is a little bit inconsequential, but I'm not surprised that Eastern Washington was the consensus pick to win by both the coaches and the media because of the fact they went to the national championship game a year ago. They do return one of the two best quarterbacks in the league in Eric Berrier. And, I mean, let's let's be frank about it. Eastern Washington is the premier program in the Big Sky Conference of this decade. Has been. I think there's no question. that uh, Since that 2010 national championship, they have been the Big Sky champions much more often than they have not. I mean, I think that they've won or shared at least six and maybe even seven of the last of the of the nine big sky championships this decade so uh a tip of the hat to the respect that the rest of the league has for eastern washington i also think that they have one of the more favorable schedules amongst the contenders when you look at those top three those are the three teams that that shared the big sky conference championship a year ago Mm -hmm. i think the the difference here is that when you well especially when it comes to the media poll almost always the team with the best returning quarterback is the team that's voted as among, if not the preseason favorites. Now, Jake Mayer was the offensive player of the year in the league from UC Davis, their quarterback. And UC Davis came up second in both these polls. I thought that was a little interesting. I maybe expected Davis to be number one, considering they returned Mayer and a whole bunch of other good talent around him. But the thing I find most fascinating about the top three is that Weaver State has made the playoffs three years in a row. They have won or shared each of the last two Big Sky Conference championships. They were in the top five all year last year. They will start the season in the top ten this year. I think that no one that covers or analyzes or watches the Big Sky would have any argument saying that Jay Hill is one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league. And they've really gotten a rolling in a lot of different elements. That said, they have not had a brand-name guy at quarterback. Jadron Clark was pretty good. He was okay. He's pretty good. Uh, Stephen Cantwell, he was pretty good. But they haven't had a headline maker. Right. And I think that that's also – it's interesting, though, because Weber then has been – the conference champions each of the last two years without having the pressure of trying to fulfill those expectations. Case Cook has told us, you know, from, in, from Northern Arizona, uh, sixth-year senior quarterback, he said, it's really hard being number one. When Cookus was coming off of his freshman year when he won the Jerry Rice Award and NAU had all this stuff back, including Emmanuel Butler and um, Elijah Marks and, you know, all these great skill players plus Case Cookus, they were the consensus pick to win the Big Sky Conference. Well, they went five and six that year. Part of that was Cookus getting hurt, but having that bulls on your back, it's like Jeff Choate said from Montana State. He said, when's the last time a team that was picked to win the league actually won the league? Oftentimes it doesn't work that way. It's based on your previous resume. But I think Weber State is in this interesting spot where they haven't ever taken a step back. When they do lose premier players, they just reload with other premier players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially on special teams. And they never had the pressure of having to be number one. They've been able to be picked third and exceed expectations right. each of the last three years. So I find that factor interesting. Then when you talk about the Cats and the Grizz being fourth and fifth, respectively, and kind of being flipped there, right. well, one, Montana got a vote in the coaches' poll. Mm-hmm. And I think we could, say, I th- I think I'd, we could uh, predict who we think gave that vote. Uh, we think it's Jeff Choate gave the vote for, for Montana. And so that's an interesting factor as well. The only reason that the Grizz finished ahead of the Cats in the preseason polls because of the one first-place vote they got from Jeff Choate or otherwise. That, that's an interesting deal, too. But I do think that that's about right, though, considering Montana State made the playoffs a year ago. They were fourth. Okay. And then the only other one, the only thing that didn't mirror the postseason finish in this preseason, where did Idaho State, where were they picked in this? Uh, Idaho State is seventh. So they Northern Arizona six, Idaho State seven, Idaho eight, Cal Poly Portland State, Sacramento State, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. Uh, Rod Fantasy made an interesting point to me. You know, he said, "Hey, we went six and five last year, but we also played uh, a down game and played an up game. So, uh, you know, their FCS record was six and four, and they beat Montana State head to head. And when you looked at the actual final conference standings, there's two teams that finished behind the three teams that were tied in first." That was Idaho State and Montana State. And if you look at the head-to-head, Idaho State, like Rob Fenzi said, we actually technically were alone in second last year when you look at the deal. 
And so he was saying, well, maybe we're a little bit underrated as a team that was alone in second that finished seventh. But then you factor in that they lose Tanner Guller and that, you know, it's just Idaho State. They have a lot of obstacles to overcome both culture-wise and just learning how to win. So uh, they're maybe a team that was in the middle, that it didn't mirror the, the postseason finish. Well, and I think I, I think your point is well taken. I think a lot of people were said, okay, that was pretty good. Like, not pretty – I mean, they, but Idaho State was the surprise of the conference last year. I think, mm-hmm. I think you can say, like, in terms of, of, of they were the team that was better than what people thought they were going to mm-hmm. be. That said, I think there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that sit here and go, well, prove it. You know, if you if if you know, Rob you Fennessey, prove it when you don't have a great four-year job. starter. Yes, right. Too. That's right. And you, you know that you, that you you're generating the program, and because they do have some disadvantages in Pocatello. You know, when you talk about the facility that they got there, and 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 those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, we'll see what what Coach Fennessey is able to do. I think he's the right man for the job. Clearly, there, uh, and uh, and you know, if anybody can do it has the energy and the enthusiasm to do it certainly uh rob fennessy does but you know i also want to see idaho state go out there and and get some good wins you know what i mean and 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 uh and show that they belong uh let's go back up though to the top of this thing uh coulter to uh to the top five eastern washington here here's the thing they're 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 the shoe-in team uh, because because they were in the national championship and they've been you know a great team and I think they're really really uh, going to be good again, um, but I think that Weber State and UC Davis both I, I I would put them both ahead of Eastern Montana I think Montana should be fifth of the five because Montana is the biggest wild card of the five yep Montana, and they have the toughest schedule that's right and oh, because they have oh, to play the other contenders of those five they have to play Eastern Weber and Dens and, and, and Montana, Montana State. State. They play all four of the other top fives. Do they? Do they? They play Weber? Yes, they play Weber and Missoula. And they play Eastern and Missoula, and they're at Davis, and they're at Montana State. Okay. Uh, that is tough, uh, no doubt. But if you're one of the contenders, you know, then, then, then you need then, – then, you know, you just got to deal with that and do that. But here's the thing. I think that Montana has the chance to be fifth. I mean, shoot, if you got to play all four and you're not as good as those teams – you know, they could actually be worse because other teams aren't going to play as hard a schedule. They could be lower than fifth. But they could also, they could win the conference. I mean, they, they really could in terms of not just like possi- worlds of possibility, but I'm talking about talent-wise, what yep. they have and what they have rolling right now in Missoula. They, they are a potential. They have the, the, the lowest floor and the highest ceiling of any of these. Well, they all have equally high ceilings, I guess, is first place. But uh, you understand what I'm saying. So as a wild card compared to what feels like more known commodities in the other four schools uh i think that montana fifth is fine montana state i'm i'm surprised i guess i'm not surprised that they would be fourth i thought they might be into you know third at least in in one of these uh because i think their talent everywhere but quarterback is pretty is 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 almost unquestionable like they're mm-hmm. they are really good they're for, they're they're very good everywhere and they're elite in a couple places yes except for quarterback and obviously that's a major question and jeff Choate talking to us today said look i'm as interested as everybody to find out what happens at quarterback <laughs> and so you know that's that's obvious enough but uh you know if if you could find me a team that's broadly you know everywhere else I don't know if there's another team that's as good across the board as Montana State is. I absolutely agree, but it also just goes back to the point of how important a quarterback actually is. Weber State has been able to do it with some okay guys playing quarterback. They've been able to to win at a high level the last couple of years. But you talk about these top five. If, if the, all the games were paid, played on paper, which they're not, but if you were to score this whole thing out, I think that the only other team in the league that could really, just based on their talent on paper, that could beat any of the top five teams is Northern Arizona, and that's if Case Cook is, comes out and has a stellar final year at the helm at quarterback. But when you look at this whole thing, if Montana, Montana State, Weber State, Eastern Washington, UC Davis take care of business against everybody else, the fact that they play each other but don't play each other, there's some, there's some on the schedule and some non on the schedule. Basically, they don't play each other enough times collectively as the five of them to eliminate each other if they take care of business against everybody else. And that's what I think is kind of the readjustment of the league is now you have five teams that I think if they all win the games they should 
and then you call all the rest of the games against each other coin flips. You call every single one of them a coin flip. You're still going to be in the 8-9 win range fighting for that conference championship, and that's when all of a sudden you might be able to get five teams in the playoffs, which the big sky has never done. But I think these five teams have the talent as well as the national brand, the national recognition to do it. Now, when you really break this thing down, too, I mean, you, you just talked about Montana State. I think Montana State actually is the most solid of these five teams across the board. But when your glaring issue is at quarterback, that is an issue. Yes. Weaver State has proven they can do, the, do it without an elite quarterback. I'm still waiting for Jay Hill to go get that guy, and maybe he will. Maybe he has him now. But maybe Jay Constantine is that guy if he gets back to being fully healthy. I know Jay Hill really likes Jake Constantine. Caden Jenks was really good, too, before he got hurt. I shouldn't say really good. He, was, he was, showed a lot of problems before he got hurt. We look at UC Davis, though. I mean, to me, UC Davis's biggest question mark is what's the next step? Can they take the next step? When, you ride in the, when you're riding the first time on the hype train and you beat an FBS team in San Jose State and you just continue to multiply this thing, it's just like when Portland State had that great breakthrough year. Well, how do you capitalize on that? How do you, can you take the next step after that? And it's like we talked with Jay Hill, too, with Weaver State. When, you're, when you go from bottoming it out to rebuilding it to then barely getting into the playoffs to then winning a playoff game to then, okay, now here we are, a top-five team, chasing the conference title you win it okay now then what's the next step for you after that yeah eastern washington it's it's how do you replace 28 seniors how do you uh, readjust on year two under aaron best you have the quarterback situation figured out you have your offensive line figured out where do you spread it all around both with the defense that was way better than people gave them credit for a year ago as well as the skill guys especially on the outside you know they have guys waiting in the wings but i think that it's very interesting because they all have such different but such striking question marks, and then you get down to the Grizz, and here's the thing that's different about the Grizz than the other five teams. I think the Gri- there's a lot of what-ifs around UC Davis and Eastern Washington that have nothing to do with personnel. There's a giant what-if at Montana State that has everything to do with one position, and that's quarterback. There is uh, sort of the same thought about Weber State, but then how do you carry the momentum into when you reach that threshold and it's, it's into that fifth year under a coach, a sixth year, that's a challenge. But with the Grizz, I think that the question marks, they're not esoteric. They're not intangible. They are directly tangible. How do you address those? If you address, uh, if you address them in the proper fashion, then all of a sudden maybe you're the team that takes the big leap. Yeah. I mean, think if Montana just finishes two of the four games that they blew last year. Sure. I mean, I would say that they straight up beat themselves against Western Illinois, Portland State, UC Davis, and Montana State. Got to give those other teams credit for coming in, rallying in Washington Grizzly Stadium, getting big wins down the stretch. North Dakota's another game where they turn the ball all over the place. Who knows what happens there? But let's say they just win even two of those games. Well, now you're an eight-win team and you're in the, in the playoffs again. Yeah, and if you just take care of business like Bobby Houck did, the duration of his first tenure at Montana, well, now maybe you're talking about a 10-win team in year one under Coach Houck. So I think that the fact that they have such tangible, defined issues. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbows End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, San Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. That they've had a year to work on? I agree. They could be the team that turns this whole thing on its head if they address the problems that they have directly and they remedy them in an efficient fashion. Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We are doing the first 
we'll be doing the rest of the year, the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every show every Monday dedicated to football in the state of Montana and certainly uh, today, uh, significantly the big sky in general and where Montana and Montana State fit in as we are live in Spokane, Washington at Big Sky Conference Football Media Days. And Coulter, you went through a few things here and we're going to get into uh, a little bit more who do you believe in, what teams do you believe in. We're going to get into some more specifics and we will get into uh, the all-conference teams. By the way, I can tell you that Dante Olson, the defensive MVP, preseason MVP player of the year for the Big Sky Conference, and Jake Mayer, the quarterback from UC Davis, the offensive MVP, preseason uh, MVP of the league. So those are your uh, top two award getters, but we'll go through the league. Five Montana State uh, Bobcats in total and three Grizzlies on the uh, first team or the uh, the preseason all-conference team uh, here uh, from Spokane. But you wanted to go through a couple of things here uh, from just our experience of the day of the weekend uh, that we've had here in uh, Spokane at the Conference Media Days, Coulter. So tell me, you know, what did you want to go through? Some highlights, some quotes, some uh, who, who, uh, whose shadow did you cower the most inside of? All those sorts of things. <laughs> I, uh, as far as uh, coaches' highlights, I mean, obviously Bruce Barnum talking to him was pretty darn funny. He, you yep. know, he talked about some of their. Uh, extensive and unique fundraising methods at Portland State. He called himself the chief fundraiser of the Portland State University Athletic Department, which I don't think is that far-fetched <laughs> for being true, considering he's going to play a couple FBS games this right, year, and he's right. always out there working it. But uh, he actually told me a funny story about how he loves those Dots pretzels, the the ones from North Dakota. Have you had these? They're, they're, they've become they're like sort pretzel of regionally famous. Yeah, okay. no, they're like pretzel sticks, but they have this uh, pretty delicious seasoning on him okay but he was saying that he's got the dots guy on board that's like the official sponsor of the <laughs> state so now he's got bags of dots all over the place uh, i thought that was pretty funny um you know it's inter- it was an interesting big sky kickoff because the first one in in decades without the grandfather and the godfather yeah. jerome sowers from yep. northern arizona the first one in a long time i mean I, we we've been without the big human mike kramer for a little while but uh, his spirit definitely resonates, and that's not necessarily the case now with him being out the league for a really long time. Not really any of his guys really in the league anymore either. Uh, so sort of a changing of the guard, but also a return of the guard with Bobby Houck back in the fold. Uh, but I thought Jeff Choate this morning was was entertaining as he yeah. always is. I thought uh, Bobby Houck was was entertaining too. I thought he, he you know Coach Houck was back to the matter in the in what he thinks of the league he said yep. not any different than i thought it was going to be except for i can't stand this unbalanced schedule yeah we got to get this thing fixed uh as far as the players go uh really it was sort of a capsule in time interviewing case cookies because mm. if this is the fourth one he's been to of these yes that's just an anomaly I mean, in itself usually when you these this event you basically take not not always your two very best players, but usually it's two leaders, like an offensive and a defensive captain, basically. So normally, if you come to this at all, once is what you get. And if you go twice, I mean, that's that's something else. Four times for Case Cookus. I asked him, I said, well, what's it like to be playing your 50th season of college football? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, he was appreciative of that. He says, yeah, it's nice to be a, a very veteran guy. But, yeah, it was interesting to talk to him. I thought from coaches – now, I'll, I'll keep the Montana, Montana State guys out of this because we always enjoy uh, and have a great time talking with, uh, with, with Coach Choate and Coach Houck both, and, uh, and they were great again today. I thought the guy that stood out to me, uh, and specifically because I hadn't spoken with him before on an extended basis with Dan Hawkins from UC mm-hmm. Davis, he has an entirely different philosophy and perspective on football than basically what you're going to hear from any, every other coach. A lot of coaches differ wildly in personality, but I think there's a pretty narrow spectrum at, uh, ultimately in sort of what they think uh, about football and how to win games and even the meaningfulness or not of winning football games. It's not very often you're going to hear a coach go, you know, we won a lot of games last year, and I just don't know if we're going to win that many again this year. Nothing's guaranteed. Like, really? Like, every coach in the world just goes, yeah, we're going to, you know, we, great. Now we expect to, you know, hit the next step on the deal. And so we'll, you know, that, that's, that's, that's kind of how they go. Uh, but Dan Hawkins, 
in a, in a very uh, the way you might expect from a UC Davis guy, right? A bunch of geniuses running around Davis, uh, you know, California, but sitting in there and and giving uh, uh, you know a perspective of like we're going to emphasize the things that we care about, and it's not winning. It's about the process. It's about the things that we think are important. It's about the kids as holistic people who have you know educations you know, emotions, lives to live, and football to play. And if we do all of these things well, then then we'll see what the outcome is. Maybe we'll win some games. I, I thought that was so refreshing to me to hear from him. But you could, you could certainly see the care that he has for all of the players as people, not merely as players and, and whatever. And all these coaches, of course, have relationships and, and, and care very much for these kids in, in their own ways. But this was this seemed, you know, to me sort of fundamental or foundational for him, and I thought that was really unique, very interesting. By the way, if you're wondering, we, of course, have overlapped a scheduled fire alarm check in the uh, room that we're in, so they are strobe lighting the place, and you're hearing maybe some background noise. Pay, pay it no attention, people. We've got you covered as we keep rolling here. But I thought Dan Hawkins was was great to talk to, as was Jake Mayer. I mean, frankly, I mean, he sits down and he, when he breaks it down for you, you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, I can understand why Jake Mayer is, you know, is able to run a pro style offense and sit back there and sort of break it down. He's 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 not a very striking guy, if I might say so, physically speaking. Like just six feet tall. Yeah, pretty. You know, he's strong for sure, but he's. You know, you don't you don't look at him and go, okay, well, you know, obviously he's a great quarterback, mm-hmm. but it's mental for him, and that comes across when he, you know, when he talks to you pretty readily. I thought as well. First time I ever interviewed Dan Hawkins, he he told me, I ain't no top forty guy, brother. I like to go listen to the guy down at the coffee shop who's playing his guitar all by himself. Marches to the beat of a different drum. Yes. I think that's been apparent throughout his career. When it's worked, it's worked tremendously well, like it did at Boise State. When it hasn't worked, it hasn't worked tremendously in a failing fashion like it did at Colorado. But I think that the fact that UC Davis is his alma mater and he's able to recruit the holistic vision like you're talking about. It's, it, Davis had such a hard time playing Division I football for a long time because they never sacrificed what their academic fabric was. And mm. I think that now you have a guy like Dan Hawkins who can recruit on that academic level. He can recruit, uh, to steal a phrase from all the old Michigan guys, he can recruit UC Davis guys. Michigan always talks about recruiting the Michigan man. Yeah. He can recruit Davis guys because he is a Davis guy. Totally. So he knows what that's like. For so long, they were recruiting Davis guys as as students, but not as athletes. And that's why they were just very vanilla and very just kind of middle of the road in the league, outside the league, all the way around. So um, I love Hawkins as well. As far as... uh, the most striking, I mean, last the year. The first guy off the bus guy, is I mean, that what you're la- talking about? Yeah, the first guy you bring yeah. off the bus. Last yeah. year, the first thing we said when we got here, we're like, well, who are the two Weaver guys? The right. Grand Toye and Isua I Peta, are those guys 30? Who, who are these guys? Yes. They're so put together. And then this year, Rashid Shahid obviously has all the, cred- all the credentials in the world. He's, I think he's definitively the best kicker turner in America at the FCS level. You can't tell his speed by just looking at it. Of course. There's no doubt who the 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 uh, the winner of the first off the bus competition though is Jonah Williams. The guy he's been a physical specimen. I think he's been the most league looking defensive end mm-hmm. since the first time he ever put on a Weber State uniform several years ago. But now he's up to about 280 pounds. I mean he's a real six foot five and a half, maybe even six six, long arms, broad shoulders, 280 pounds. He looks the part as much as anybody that you will see in this league. Uh, got to sat down, sit down and have lunch with Jonah Williams, and I, I did go through the uh, lunch line first, and that <laughs> was not by accident. I mean, he's a big guy. The other guy who I thought was really big uh, and shocking, shocking to me, Coulter, that Aaron Brett Best would bring a lineman to this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stunner. But Dylan Ledbetter at Eastern Washington is, uh, is no small guy in his own right. He's definitely a big dude, and he is uh, a presence anyway walking around with his uh, – you know, with his with his camera filming everybody, doing impromptu interviews, having a good time with it. But yes, uh, Jonah Williams, he's he's the winner of the first guy off the bus to meet to the, at this particular event this yeah, year. Yep, yeah, that's what they look like. Also, it's, it's a, a distinct, uh, sort of a symbolic analysis to think that Eastern Washington has been quarterback you and wide receiver you for 20 years, 
and now they got an offensive lineman coaching the team and Aaron Best. Like you said, he brings his nose tackle and his tight end. Yeah. He doesn't bring his all-league <laughs> quarterback. He doesn't bring any of his all-league running backs or any of the wide receivers. Yeah. Nope, we got the D tackle and we got the tight end. I mean, Jay Skilder from Montana, so that was a cool experience yeah, for him too. Cornwall's. Actually, ironic that the only native Montanan at the conference this year was not a Bobcat, not a Grizzly, right. but an Eastern Washington Eagle and Jace Gilder. Yep, very, very true. Uh, it is it is to tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and you are listening to the very first Montana Football Hour. We are live from Spokane, Washington, Big Sky Conference Media Days. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go back to the top of the uh, rankings with Weber, Eastern, and UC Davis, the top three. Who do we believe in? Who do we not believe in of those three and why? We will discuss next. The Montana Football Hour is brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Lithia Ford is this Thursday, July 18th. Lithia Ford's 2019 Ford Ranger Lunch Party. The Ford Ranger is back, and it's time to celebrate its long-awaited return. Join Lithia Ford for food, fun, and prizes this Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. Visit LithiaFordMissoula.com for more information. And visit the new showroom as well at Lithia Ford across from Walmart on Brooks in Missoula. The new Ford Ranger plus all the new and used vehicles as well. This Thursday, July 18th, the Lithia Ford 2019 Ford Ranger Lunch Party. Back right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Who do you believe in in the big sky at the top of the polls? Why or why not? It's Tutel Nuanas, 109 ESPN Radio, broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right, 30 years they've been in business, and they are doing it by passing the savings on to you with 30% off. That's right, up to 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. See Kurtz for details. Some restrictions apply. Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy Lake, their 30th birthday all month long, the month of July. Go in, see their 30th anniversary sale at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, if you would like to listen to us and you're not near your radios or perhaps it's more convenient, you can check us out on the web, 1029ESPN.com, and there you can listen to the stream. The stream is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and obviously this show in there for two hours every weekday afternoon. You can go check that out, 1029ESPN.com. is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. It is the Montana Football Hour. We continue in the first hour of every show doing only football and football that is relevant and in the state of Montana. Brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Coulter, preseason polls came out, as we said, again, Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Weber State, one through three, Montana State and Montana, fourth or fifth, depending on whether they're in the media or the coaches poll, but basically four or five for the Montana schools in their picks here. You wanted to go through particularly the top three. We, we, we have ideas, a lot of thoughts. We will, we've said a lot, and we will continue to say a lot about Montana and Montana State, but now that we sit here and we got this Eastern UC Davis Weaver State 1, 2, 3, you want to go through how much do you believe in them or why or why not? So set this up for us. Well, I think these are the three other contenders out of Montana, and I think that they have some interesting returners, some interesting things to highlight, and some interesting storylines, and you know, I think that I believe in all five of these teams' abilities sure. to make the playoffs, but I think that there's uh, going to be more ebbs and flows than maybe. To me, as somebody, this is my 14th year covering this league. This seems like the most cut and dry stratification of the league, the mm. most the most tiered it's ever been in terms of 
top, middle, bottom. You really couldn't talk me into a single other team besides these five teams making the playoffs, and you also couldn't talk me into any of these teams not making the playoffs. I really do think that if things go according to plan, barring injury or barring you know, some unforeseen circumstances, that four of the five teams that we're analyzing right here, and maybe as many as five, make the playoffs. I think that the X factor to get the fifth in is, is Montana. Besides that, I, if it's not the same four playoff teams from a year ago, and that's never how it works. It, it, yeah. It's never how it works. But it seems to me that that's more of a likely occurrence this year than ever before. That said, I don't think that, you know, like I said, it, that's not how it always works. Yeah. I think that there's some defined question marks to, to talk about. Um, with Eastern Washington, let's start there. I think that I've never seen a situation where you're trying to replace 28 seniors. You just never have 28 seniors. So how do you go about replacing them? I'm not sure. And you talk about all the great players the Eastern had. Not only JT Tooley, who was the defensive MVP a year ago. you got to replace Josh Lewis and Delondo Tucker, a pair, probably the best pair of corners in the league. You have, to re- re- you have to replace a ton of your linebackers. You do return four out of five stars on the offensive line. That's a great place to start. You return Eric Berrier. That's another great place to start. But who's next at wide receiver? Because, but that's been the question every time there's a new cycle. And whoever is next has always been just A-OK at Eastern Washington, if not amongst the all-time best in the history of the league. Who's next at running back after Sam McPherson? Well, you still have some talented guys like Antoine Custer and Tamarick Pierce. But I do think that just the dynamic of replacing 28 seniors, regardless of who they are and where they played, that's a unique thing. That's definitely something that Eastern's going to have to go through. And then I also think that we've talked a lot about the staff stability at Montana and how much of an advantage that is. The fact that they don't have any new position coaches. Everybody is back for year two under Coach Houck. Eastern Washington's going to be going through a whole bunch of new changes, namely the fact that Bodie Reeder, the offensive coordinator, he's no longer there. So that's going to be, you know, when you count Zach Hill, Troy Taylor, Bodie Reader. That's three OCs in the last four or five years at Eastern Washington. So now they have a fourth guy in the last six years. How does Eric Berrier adjust to that? I thought that Bodie Reader had a phenomenal uh, ability to use Eric Berrier last year, especially down the stretch once they figured out a lot of their run-pass option stuff. You're going to have a new defensive coordinator because Jeff Schmetting moved on. So are they able to pair the offense and the defense? There was a lot of continuity between Bodie Reader and Jeff Schmetting too because when you play like Eastern plays – on offense, the fact that they do run the ball more helps a lot, but you have to play a certain style defensively too, a certain mentality. How does that mesh? And then, you know, when you're when you're the new guy, the upstart guy, you have a fresh idea, you have all this stuff on your on your. Basically, you were handed one of the great teams in school history at Eastern Washington, and you navigate it like Aaron Best did in year one. You put your stamp on it like he did in year one. Run the ball with a lot more authority. Play a lot more physical style of football. You lose, you know, the preseason player of the year, engaged Gubert, and you don't miss a beat. You, you take over with Eric Berry and you keep it rolling. All that sort of stuff is how do you how do you build upon it? You're, nothing nothing in life is easy. Nothing in sports is easy. But Aaron Best walked into a great situation with the amount of veterans that he had on the staff the amount of staff continuity they inherited, and the amount of veterans that he had on the team. Just the talent, just the pure talent level. Eastern Washington had a definitive advantage over everybody in the league last year. How do you parlay that momentum into year two? How do you continue to make the program your own? And now when you have to start winning with more of your own guys and more of your own style, more of your own culture, how do you do that? That's going to be a huge question mark for me for Eastern Washington. Uh, I, I understand why Eastern Washington is number one. I would have picked number. I would have had them at number four. Uh, I think Eastern Washington has. Here's what Eastern Washington has uh, 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 a great situation in. First of all, as you said, you know the great team that that was there that they inherited. They all those guys walk out the door. Twenty eight guys, but they also have twenty two guys that were juniors last year right. that are right in there. And one of the one of the things that one of the things that people don't pay enough atten- attention to is depth on a football team. Absolutely. Because you are going to need it. And you know what that is? Recruiting. Okay? If you right. got I mean it's certainly coaching too, but you got to have guys who can just physically do it when they're needed that are there. And guess what? Nobody would have thought when Gage Gubrud went down that the Eastern Washington Eagles were going to be okay. Well, guess what? They weren't okay. They were great. And they went to the National Championship game with Eric Berrier who is now 
you know, certainly in the conversation as one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference. And so that is, that's phenomenal. And Aaron Best told us today, hey, he's like, I love that Eric Berry is there. I had nothing to do with getting him here. I had nothing to do with it. Totally. And why would he? He's the off, you know, he's an uh, offensive lineman and he's a positional coach yep. before he becomes the head coach. So that's, that's what, that's the reality of it. All I'm saying is this. I still, it's going to take time before you find out, well, how good a recruiter and program with Aaron Best at the head of it can Eastern Washington be? And, and it would, it seems like, look, Bo Baldwin was one of the best that there was. One of the best best coaches in the history of Big Sky. If, you know, to ask a guy who's a first time head coach to come in here and be also the best that's ever been is a, is a tall task. Okay. And the expectations or the standards as, as Aaron Best would say, are always going to be high. They're always going to be national championship caliber. And he's proven that he's got the ability. I mean, the fact that he went in there and did what he did with his stamp yesterday, I thought was, was uh, yesterday, excuse me, last year was absolutely to his credit. Uh, in every way, but I'm just not convinced yet that there isn't going to be some fall-off talent-wise and otherwise, and especially at a program that has been quarterbacks and wide receivers forever. Now we're going to start playing, you know, running the football and playing tough-nosed defense, which, by the way, I like that. I think that's, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the way to go, especially in the Big Sky Conference in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, I think the transition, and as you talked about, the turnover on the staff is significant, and I think there's quite... Of these top five teams, I think there's uh, only – I think that Eastern Washington has the most questions still to be answered, even coming off a national championship, than, than the other schools outside of Montana. So I would have them at four. I would have had Montana State at three. And but for the Eastern would just be that none of the questions are, that they face this year, with the exception of, of Aaron Best year two, are new. Everybody wondered how they were going to replace this quarterback. and I mean, you can just go on down the line. How are you ever going to replace Vernon Adams? Totally. And then you have Gage Cooper, right? Okay. So, that, I mean, I, I think that Eastern Washington has some distinct advantages in the Big Sky Conference mm-hmm. because of their, their academic makeup, who they can get, who they can get, where they're located, the fact that Washington as a state is under-recruited. I, I just think that you're, you're never going to have to worry about the talent that you have at the skill positions at Eastern Washington. Well, here's the thing. First of all, their offensive line is going to be so good, and it always is. That's it, the most it, underrated part about and, their and whole program. And, and and with Aaron Best there, you got to think that it's just going to just they're just going to roll them out there, and yep. the, and so that's that's huge. Their starters, as like the team that they come up in with, there's no question that that is a Big Sky Conference championship caliber team. Yep. But also, I think that there's a lot of times, where, you know, not a lot of times, it always doesn't go to quote unquote script. Okay, there's always stuff that happens, whether it's uh, you know, injuries. I mean, for we haven't even touched on this culture, but over the weekend, terrible news for Eastern Washington as two of their players were shot in downtown Spokane. Non-life-threatening injuries, but we don't know their status right now, and that's obviously a whole story unto itself. By the way, these were not... This was disassociated from the event. This wasn't two sure. players that were coming to the Big Sky Conference event for, for what it's worth, but the, you know, two, two good players, too, though. Two really good players. Like Hunter like Hayes and, and Keith Moore both expected to start. And, and my point is, is that you never know what's going to transpire, whether it's on the field, off the field during the course of the year, yep. and you're always going to need to call on the next man up. Well, who's the next man up now? And even though they've always been able to get talent, from some inherent advantages that the institution has, you still have to have the guy in place to do that. And I have no reason to think Aaron Best can't or isn't doing that, but I also don't know that he can. Like, until you've done it, you haven't done it. And especially with four new guys on the staff who are often the recruiting guys anyways, I think that that, that it takes adjustment, and I'll be interested to see how that all plays out. Anyway, for what it's worth, I would have had Weber State 2 and UC Davis 1. That's my, my rankings uh, from uh, you know, from the Ryan, the third official rankings of the Big Sky Conference, the two tell rankings go uh, uh, UC Davis, Weber, MSU, Eastern Montana, one through five. Weber State best pair of defensive ends in the league. When you talk about Jonah Williams and Adam Adam Rodriguez, both those guys were first team All League guys a year ago. How does their production? How is it affected by the fact that they lose everybody in their secondary? They had the best secondary in the league last year. They had the best pair of safeties in the league by far uh, a year ago, and that can buy you so much time. I mean, Weaver was was nasty on defense. I mean, like Jeff Choate said when they were scouting for Weaver, 
like there's about half a dozen dudes on this defense that nobody else in the league's got. Yeah. And so how do they replace some of their interior defensive alignment? I mean, Felipe Sataki was really a great player last year for them too. So can those DNs produce when they don't have the, the big block eaters on the middle? And when they don't have Landon Stice and LeGrand Toya running sideline to sideline, those two guys were two of the better inside linebackers in the entire conference as well, plus the best secondary in the league. I mean, we were stacked on defense. They still have some pieces, but – where are we at with some of these younger guys? Well, but Jay Hill's proven he can recruit on that and side of the ball. That's my point, is that the thing that is in place is Jay Hill. And yes. he, he is proven. And so in four years, we may be saying the exact same thing about Aaron Best. But right now, you go, you go, well, yeah, they lost a bunch of guys, but they had guys to lose. Why? Because Jay Hill's the one who got those guys in the door and guaranteed, you know, the next order is up in Weber State. And Jay Hill made an interesting comment to us, too. He said that... Well, the number one key for us to continue to do this is to continue to get the best players in the league. And I think it's so easy for us as media and as people that analyze this to gravitate towards the guys that make a lot of the headlines when we're talking about the best players in the league, when you're talking about the Troy Andersons of the world and you're talking about the Dalton Sneeds and Dante Olsons of the world. These guys are the guys that are the headline makers. They're on the front page of the paper. What Jay Hill un- uh, understands, though, is that there's 22 positions on the football field plus specialists. And you can stack a bunch of the best players in the league that maybe aren't the headline makers. They have the best kicker in the league in Trey Tuttle. They have one of the three best punters in the league. They have the best kicker turner maybe in the country in Rashid Shaheed. They have two of the best defensive ends in the league. They will be one of the best offensive lines in the league. So they're stacking guys at non-headline-making positions, which I think sometimes makes them a little bit underrated. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the culture that they've established, it's like Bruce Barnum said. He said, I got so much respect for Jay Hill because he never believes anybody when they tell him that 7-3 to three is boring. <laughs> like, like Barney right. said, like Jay Hill, is, he is down to beat you 17-14. He is down. He does right. not care. 114 yards of total yeah. offense, I don't care if we win. And I think that's a, it's a distinct, unique identity in this league. Well, and that is, uh, to me, the, the, the thing that I take when I'm, when I'm rate, ranking these teams and doing this you know, kind of on my own the thing that is the most influential thing to me is the head coach spot. And, right. and this has nothing to do with, well, what are you saying, that, that, that Jay Hill is a better coach than Bobby Houck or whatever? I'm not comparing them in that way. What I am saying is that Jay Hill has a thing rolling. And, it's, and, and if, you're the, if you're the guy in the program who's making that program year in and year out what it is and has become nationally elite, which it has in Ogden, that is very different from coming in, taking over, changing a system, which Bobby Houck has had to do. And even though he has a hugely proven track record at the University of Montana, of course, again, just like Aaron Best, year two is very different from year four, is different from year six. And so, you know, in talk to me in 2023, 2024, and let's see where we're at with this. And, and that, you know, we'll see who's at the top. But uh, right now, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit of time, and there is, there's still question marks and uncertainty uh, for various reasons at some of these other places. I don't see that, and I think that, I think that the, the talent level and the way, and, and like you said, Dan Hawkins at his alma mater, he's in his third year as head coach, which again is not that many, but he's in his sixth year uh, there in the program and also, uh, uh, you know, has already gotten it to that level. And so it continues to go with him with all the people he's returning, including the offensive MVP. So, uh, you know, the Aggies will not jump out to fans of the, in the state of Montana as a, I'm sure Montana fans have it chalked up as a W uh, week one of the Big Sky Conference season when they're down at UC Davis. Uh, does UC, UC Davis play Montana State? They do. Uh, uh, week before, sec- week before second to last Chris. week of the of the season, uh, I, I I would bet that Montana State fans have that chalked up as a W as well. It's UC Davis. What? If, well, guess what? This UC Davis team, the real deal, the real deal, and it's not just the players; it's the whole culture and atmosphere about it. And 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 I believe in them. Now, does that mean that they're going to win the conference? No, it does not. But in my preseason poll, before any games have happened, I like where they're at now. It's two tell new one is one two nine ESPN Radio. It is our Montana Football Hours brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We got into the teams. Let's get into some individual players, okay? Dante Olson, Defensive Player of the Year preseason from the Montana Grizzlies. He's joined by two other teammates and the Montana State Bobcats. They got five guys on the all-conference team. We'll go through it next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber, got to have it. 
You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas. Montana Football Hour. We're broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and now celebrating their 30th anniversary. 30 years they've been in business, and they are passing the savings off to you by giving you 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Beta or Husqvarna dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. See dealer for details. Some restrictions apply. Kurtz Polaris, all July, their 30th anniversary sale. Get in there and check it out. Uh, we continue in the Montana football hour, and we're going to spill into the second hour. That's okay. It's presented by Lithia Ford and Coulter. We just quickly want to mention the guys who are the uh, first team All-Americans or the preseason team, I guess. It's only one team, uh, but uh, big. Uh, I said All-American, not All-American, excuse me, All-Conference uh, guys, both from Montana and Montana State. Uh, Dante Olson, the player of the year on the defensive side of the ball, the preseason defensive MVP uh, from Montana, uh, just as obvious as it could be after you know his record-setting and uh, Buck Buchanan finalist uh, year last year. He's joined by Samuel Akem uh, as the uh, wide receiver from the University of Montana, and also Jace Lewis, maybe a surprise to few, as a defensive special teams MVP, so an outstanding year last year. No surprise that the two coaches who probably emphasize special teams the most in Bobby Houck and Jay Hill have the two special teams guys as the uh, as the representatives for their preseason poll. Obviously, as we mentioned, Rashid Shahid from Weber State. For Montana State, five guys on the team. Offensively, Mitch Brought on the offensive line as a tackle and Troy Anderson as a fullback. But let's just disregard the position it's just Troy Anderson doing what he's doing, and so he is a uh, certainly deserving preseason all-conference guy, of course. On the defensive side, three guys from Montana State, Bryce Sturk as an outside linebacker, Braden Conkle as a uh, senior safety, and then who's the other guy that I'm Craig missing? Filer. Oh, Craig Filer. Munchie. Uh, Craig Munchie Filer at a cornerback spot, so all three levels. Well, two two back guys and one middle guy, but uh, they're uh, going to be a, a solid defense for sure, but eight in total from the state of Montana uh, on the uh, preseason all-conference teams. Better representation than the last couple of years, which I think is uh, necessary and indicative of the progress that the two programs are making. I think that Montana State deserved all the guys that they got on there. I think Montana did as well, and I think that uh, – you know, we look at the premier players in the league that are in the, the two Montana schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dalton Sneed's the only guy that was kind of on the outside looking in on this thing, but that's just because there's only one quarterback selected. And Dalton Sneed was the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky a year ago. But other than that, I don't really think there was any Montana guys necessarily that were snubbed, except for maybe Jerry Lou McGee. You could probably make an argument for him in terms of receiver. Yeah, Jared Harrell from UC Davis was the one guy who I didn't really consider as a wide receiver, but you have to expect him to have a huge jump in numbers with Keelan Doss being gone and him moving to be the number one guy there. Uh, but the only other Bobcat or Grizzly that I thought maybe deserved to be uh, on the team that was not was Jared Padmas from Boulder, Montana. He's a punter, and, you know, he... Padmas is a rugby-style punter. He hasn't ret- allowed a, a part return of consequence in years. Yeah. So his net punting might not be up around 48 yards because he's not booming it. He doesn't kick indoors like Cade Coffey from Idaho. But his net punting has led the country the last two years. What else do you want out of your punter? Yeah. And, and the kid has been absolutely lights out in his consistency. So I think that that is uh, maybe one of the, the oversights. But other than that, you know, I thought that the fact that there was a smattering of Montana and Montana State names on the list is a good sign just for the, the health of the programs because we've been – 
you know, a Montana defensive player is always going to be a guy that's Montana's best defensive player is always going to be a leading candidate for Montana for mm-hmm. defensive MVP. And we saw Josh Bus get it uh, last year. We saw Caleb Kidder get it a couple years ago. Uh, but the fact that there was multiple guys on both sides of the ball for both the Cats and the Grizz, uh, well earned, and I think indicative of the progress that they're making as programs. Sutel Nuwanis, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. The first Montana football hour of the year is in the books, but don't worry. We're just going to continue talking Montana and Montana State football because we've talked broadly about the conference, some about the teams, obviously the, the, uh, 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 the Cats and the Grizz in the top five. We're going to dial in to Montana and Montana State, though. Specifically, what do we expect from them next? The Montana football hour brought to us by Lithia Ford. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 